0: Welcome back to Panthers Talk Philly. I'm Colin Fuges along with my co-host Ron Baker and producer Roman Medina. And on this episode, we have our star baseball player, Tyler Petrie. In this episode, we'll play coroner as we look at a disappointing Philly season. We'll look into the choices made in and after the season and figure out if they were really beneficial to the team. Ty, how how are you feeling about this episode? Hey guys,
1: uh, thanks for having me. I am very excited about this episode. Uh, very disappointed in the
0: Phillies this year, especially course, with the yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But uh, I'm just excited to get into it. Um, so before we kind of get into it, a um, couple questions for you concerning the Phillies' So, what is your favorite Philly of all time and then on the team right now? Of all time,
1: probably Chase Utley. Um, He's kind of the guy I grew up watching. He was like the star that we all grew up watching. Um, Right now, last season was definitely Scott Kingery. I think he really cemented himself as one (laughs) of the better players on that team.
2: So.
0: Yeah, there seems to be kind of a craze about Scott Kingry. Oh, yeah. I know. Yeah, Drew, it has to be.
2: It's very local. <laughs> Drew,
0: our first guest, he absolutely loves Scott yeah, Kingery. Ron's on that bandwagon. Ty's on that bandwagon. You gotta love him. Ron, how about you?
2: Um, all time. Um, I'm not really sure. You know, growing up and kind of playing baseball myself, even with Ty, we were on a couple of teams together. Like yeah, We more. always kind of like... Some position players I, you know, grew up watching. But the one player that really stood out to me when I was younger was Aaron Rowan, who was a center fielder mm. for the Phillies a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people, like, really know about it or really, you know, care. But he was, like, that one guy, you know, center field, 33. Like, that was my guy when I was younger. And um, even now, if I had to pick someone other than Scott Kingery, it would probably be Gene Segura just because, yeah. you know. Love Segura. I, he That's came a in cool. love here. Segura. <laughs> He had high hopes for the season, too. And it just kind of sucks that he had to fall off a massive cliff by the end of the year. So Mm -hmm. it is what it is.
0: But yeah, Um, I think my my favorite all time player with with ease is is Ryan Howard. Always. Mm. I was a big fan of the home, all those home (laughs) runs. Yeah, the big piece. (laughs) Uh, You know, I I love first base. And um, I think the main attraction for me was was definitely the hitting and all the home runs. Um so yeah and it then, really brought people to the ballpark yeah. too. So mm-hmm. uh I think Ooh, I don't know. This is kind of a tough one for favorite player now. I like Reese Hoskins. I've always been a Reese Hoskins fan. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a little too cliche to call Bryce Harper my favorite player. I like his his swag. I like uh the long hair with all the headbands and, <laughs> and all that. Um I think I'll have to go with Reese Harp or yeah, Reese Hoskins. Yeah. Um, okay. So next question. Any special moments? It could be good or bad that you've had with the Phillies that, that that'll stick with you.
1: All right. So I guess one would be, it was the 2008 season. It was the year they won the world series. And my dad and I, we went to one of the, uh, what was it NLDS games mm-hmm. at home with the, uh, the Dodgers we had nosebleed seats, but it was just still just such a cool experience, just being there for a a big postseason game. Mm-hmm. I believe they won it, and I, I just remember like looking up and there was like a blimp and oh
2: yeah, <laughs> everything. And it uh, kind of sinks because like even like now it's just really disappointing, even with the team that we have, and you'd expect them to you know at least get to the divisional series. <laughs> but yeah, um, we'll get into it, that later. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, Ron, how about you? It's, it's crazy that Ty mentioned it because I had gone to one of the Dodgers postseason games as well when the Phillies were playing them. So maybe we were at the same game. I'm not really sure. Maybe. Wow. But, um, that would have been, that's crazy. Yeah, for, <laughs> else, for <laughs> awesome. world. But no, we did go to one of the um, Dodgers games, and that one, I think, I'm pretty sure that was my first Phillies game. And I, we went as like a family, and that was kind of just like something that was really just cool to me. So mm. that's yeah. probably... My That's best moment. Awesome. All right. I, I'll, I'll take the opposite route of that. I have a
0: terrible memory. And <laughs> um, I know it was some type of playoff game. And I think it might have been in 2012. Uh, and me and my dad were in the Diamond Club. Oh. And it was against the St. Louis Cardinals. It was to win, I think it was to win this, the whole series. And uh, we were sitting back there, and that's when I saw Ryan Howard, my favorite player, tear his ACL. I think it was. You we were at that game. Yep. Oh and they lost one to nothing. And I remember walking back through the hallways. You could hear a pin drop. Everybody had their heads down. Like, ooh, it was it was it was, just it was bad. Yeah, I mean. I hate to go that route. I'll, I'll choose the different route only because nah, you two went with the... Uh, we should have went, had you go first. My parents and I, we were watching that
1: game. Yeah, And I just remember as soon as he as soon as soon he tore his Achilles, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember we just like... Yeah. That, it just took that's one not step good. And just, that is not good. Yeah. It, it was it the was last play of the game, too, mm-hmm. I think. Yep, right? that was it. Yeah.
0: That was to end the game. Um, so... We love uh, going off of memories here, but um, we, we <laughs> got to touch on this this postseason, or I should say this past yeah, season. not Not the not po- postseason. over overzealous. <laughs> um, so yeah. So why don't we do a brief um, kind of overview of the season, thoughts, reactions, what what what's everybody feeling? Okay, so uh,
1: I was thinking at first, you know, you had such a good lineup. You had McCutcheon. I don't know the lineup for say, but like, yeah. you, you had McCutcheon so many star-like players, uh, and then, yeah. I think it was as soon as McCutcheon got hurt, maybe mm-hmm. two weeks after, we lost, we lost first place in our division, we it like it we just, just went downhill from there. And while they finished at 500, which isn't bad, yeah. it just seems like we were all expecting so much more. We had McCutcheon. we had Hoskins who had a great year last year, yeah. we had Harper coming back, like, not coming back, Harper coming in for the first time, yeah. like. We were all expecting so much more than we got, and I feel like that's why we're all so disappointed in this season.
2: Yeah, and for me, it just seems like um, didn't the Phillies last year have a better record than they did this year? I th- I think they. I might. think they went eighty. I think was they it had eighty and more, eighty? I think it was eighty two. and maybe eighty-two. That's considering how much more money you spent and how much yeah. more prospects you gave up for to have win exactly. Like, and it's just nuts to me because like coming into this season, a lot of you know different kind of media outlets like ESPN, Bleacher Report, and all of them, they kind of had us at, you know, the 80 to 90 win range. And all the Phillies mm-hmm. fans were just like – Yeah, we were high they, on those power we rankings. We were really man. high on those power rankings. And everyone thought we were just like – the fans thought we were going to, you know, overachieve. Mm-hmm. You know, hindsight's 20 yeah. But, <laughs> like, a lot of, like, ESPN and stuff like that, they were kind of critical about it, and they ended up being right about it. So yeah, it's crazy to think about because, like Ty had mentioned, once Andrew McCutcheon kind of – once he you know got injured the Phillies lost their identity completely Mm -hmm. and like we like I had mentioned Gene Segura kind of disappeared you know Real Muto kind of picked it up towards the end of the year but at that point it was just like too little or too much too late so yeah I mean for me it was kind of just a season of mediocrity I
0: mean you you look at you look at their their record they're 81 and 81 they're split 500 team and um you know, it's kind of uh, it just shows like I've been talking about this throughout the season how they get really hot when they they mm-hmm. go against these super good teams and then for some reason they just lose to these terrible teams yep. and it, I mean clearly it bounces balances out at the end but like that was kind of their story I mean they would they would upset teams but then they would play down to level to the
2: level of terrible teams. And there, I think there was a point towards the end of the year where it was like we were six games over 500. Then we would mm-hmm. never hit seven yep. games over 500. Every yeah. time we would get up, we'd lose a game. Every time we get back to six, we'd lose. Yep. And when we finally got that win to put us seven games over 500, we kind of just yeah. dropped yeah. ever yeah. since. It was mm-hmm. bad. So the season clearly showed that
0: the roster isn't everything. It was inconsistent. Yeah. So yeah. Um, with that. Uh, Gabe Kapler he's he's gone I mean how have we not talked about this yet Gabe Kapler is officially no longer the Phillies manager so what 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 does this mean for the Phillies Uh, I'm hoping good
1: things Um, he he just he was a prime example of how to have so much and just mismanage it you know with everything he had if a good manager, I feel, could take that team at least at least into the
2: postseason. Even a mediocre
1: manager, yeah. I feel like. But he, what he did with
2: the bullpen was just
1: like terrible. You also I need to put like into
2: consideration, we literally could have made an entire roster based off all the injuries we had. Mm-hmm. That is true. From yeah. our Phillies bullpen on mm-hmm. opening day. You lose David Robertson, you know. Mm-hmm. really in the first week. And he was the main guy that was supposed to come in here and be that anchor for our bullpen because he was, you know, he never missed that many games. He wasn't... He was known to be like an Iron Man type of athlete. He uh-huh. he was really just... He does his job, doesn't get injured doing it, and he just stuck to it. And there were other guys like Sir Anthony Dominguez who get injured, and he was kind of a big, you know, catalyst to what it was in years prior. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can like see where you're coming from there.
1: And injuries are the worst. I think we can all agree with that. But still at like a if you our lineup at the end of the year, it's still a, a very good lineup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bull, bullpen wise, no. Well, you, you, what do you have? You have Nola and Arietta who was, Arietta was okay. At, yeah. yeah, he's Arietta <laughs> was terrible this year. Yeah. Nola Nola had a Nola tough, was Nola a young
0: contender, I think. He had a, a tough bit, start. Right? The first couple months that was that was pretty rough. But he had other pitchers around him that weren't injured yet yeah. that kind of balanced it out. Mm-hmm. And then Nola got better, and the rest of the it seems like they went. Just got worse. it just
2: looks worse because it's hard to replicate the season he had mm-hmm. in the past that put him as a finalist as a, you know for the Cy Young. So when you have to come out and you have to pitch for a team that is extremely mediocre, considering the record at the end of the year, it's it's tough for him because he loses a lot of you know. One zero games and stuff like yeah. that, and it makes yeah. him look a lot worse than he actually is. And like while we're talking about bullpens, I I don't want to seem like the type of
1: guy that says Gabe Kapler got fired because the bullpen was bad. Oh yeah, it wasn't. I mean, it's not yeah. just we, him. I think it was twenty twelve. We had the best rotation I think I've ever seen in a bullpen. Who was it? It was like Roy Halladay. Was it Roy Oswald Yeah, mm-hmm. he was there too. Cole Hamels yeah. and Cliff Lee. Cliff Lee. Yep. It and we the four aces. Yeah, four aces, and we didn't go. F- far. Like that just shows that pitching does not win games yeah. for you. It can help and it can go a long way. Absolutely. But pitching is not everything.
0: If you, yeah, like well cuz it's all about the offense too and what mm-hmm. how many runs you can score cuz yeah, you know your pitchers can hold your opponent to like two runs maybe if it's a really if it's a great night, mm-hmm. but your you team score. if your you team know. can't score then you're not you're not going to win. No, you can't. And that's what happened mm-hmm. this year with the Phillies. Yeah. yeah. So Gabe Kappler's gone. A lot of people are saying that Matt Clintack should be gone, and uh, I'm forgetting the other guy's name. Um, Andy McPhail. Yes. So who are what are our thoughts on that? I know for um, for me, I think Matt Clintack is up there. I really don't, I mean, granted, I do love what he did in the off season. I think he brought in a lot of superstars, a lot of talent. And personally, I don't think that's on Clintack completely that they didn't perform because in the past they had been performing, so it it would have seemed like a great idea and, and that's what he did. Um, I'm not too sure about McVail. I don't know. I know a little he bit. He doesn't about get play. like a lot of attention yeah. for anything. Yeah, for me, I I don't know if Clintax should be gone personally. I, I think he definitely messed up with the bullpen for sure. Mm-hmm. But I think it all trickles down to um, Kapler and how he managed his team and if he can't work his way around these injuries and going on these cold starts or or keeping up these hot streaks I I
2: think that's on the manager um for me I truly think that he shouldn't be here anymore he he had a historical offseason bringing in you know a multitude of former all-stars into a lineup that meshed well for the beginning of the season but When you get to teams that are actual playoff teams, it's a next man up kind of mentality. And you get utility guys that can perform at, you know, a high level at different positions. But it seems like this year's Phillies team, like everyone kind of just had one thing Mm -hmm. and one thing only. And when, you know, one piece fell, the rest of them did. But as far as like the whole front office thing goes, Klintak handpicked Gabe Kapler to be the manager for the Phillies. He came in here knowing he was an analytics guy, knowing he was going to, mm-hmm. you know, talk about yeah. math and all that all kind of stuff, trajectory right? angles and all that. And now analytics, hate and analytics, and <laughs> now they're going <laughs> to go back to a veteran manager that is more about players' trust rather than trusting the numbers. Because you got guys like Dusty Baker getting interviews, you got guys like My getting interviews, and it's just like it's an entire culture change. And it's, we saw that, you know it was kind of ironic because you bring back Charlie Manuel to be the hitting coach yeah, Charlie Manuel, and <laughs> then, you know, that made me so happy. Yeah. The Charlie. offense finally Chuck looked decent. <laughs> the offense finally looked decent for two games and then it just kind of fell back. Fell again. Yeah. But that's, that's what kind of stinks because, you know, some teams kind of have that analytics going for them, you know, and then some teams don't.
0: Yeah. I, I think it works for, for some teams for sure. I don't, I don't know, especially with the hitting trajectory. I mean that, that's kind of like really annoying for me, especially guys More like Scott Kingery. Stuff. I think like Scott Kingery should be hitting even better than he is, but I've, I've I don't know. Just the the trage- the, ugh, the trajectory, it's just not it's just not for me. I, I like the uh, the um, the guys they're bringing in, just kind of old school baseball, keeping it simple, yeah. not trying to get all mathematical. I know that was Gabe Kapler's approach.
2: That that was him. For, for me, for yeah. both years, because yeah. you know his first season here, it was a new lineup every day. <clears throat> right. No yeah. one, no one had any kind of you know role or any place in the lineup. They didn't know what to expect because you know. Yeah,
0: and I and I think that affects it. Like, if you're not prepared to play second base or center field, yeah, like a couple days before the game, then you're not going to do as well. Right. So and like, yeah. Do you mind if I bought it?
1: Yeah. As a hitter, when you have more stuff on your mind, like launch angle. All that stuff. When you're when you're thinking about that stuff, it just it hurts you. It doesn't help in any way.
2: Because then you overthink. You it. Yeah. overthink. Right. When
1: I step into the box, I'm thinking: get a hit. Ball's coming at me. I'm swinging. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah.
0: And I, I, for me personally, that's why I enjoyed and and really appreciate the managers that they're bringing in um, to to interview and hopefully hire one of them. What, what do you guys think about that?
2: Um, they, I just think, you know, the managers really, they simplify it for them, and it's like, it's good because, you know, like we were just talking about manual, you know, just dumbing it when down brought, for yeah. the guy, <laughs> yeah. I just was dumb so it down for him, just he, hit the ball mm-hmm. and that's what they did and exactly. they scored runs and that's what, you know, you had to do. I think if you're going to have any kind of like analytics or numbers, it has to be on the defensive side of the ball and it can't be on the offense because on offense, you can't predict where that ball is going to go, mm-hmm. but on defense, you can. You know, you can talk about the switches and how maybe they've ruined baseball because you know not as many players are getting base hits and it's all pretty much home runs and singles. But you know, can we talk about the shifts for a second. Some of the
1: shifts that I've seen just throughout all of major base, major league yeah, baseball this year true. was insane. They were going to mm-hmm. have like, like, we have third baseman playing past where the shortstop Mm -hmm. usually plays like what is that
2: (laughs) in the um, spring training they had four people in the outfield for when Bryce Harper was hitting
1: that's crazy like just stuff like that I feel it
2: doesn't ruin the game but like you want to make it you want to make it more interesting for people to watch it You want to make it more interesting for people to watch it. So Mm -hmm. what a better way to do that than just to have more solidified defenses. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay, so Ty,
0: you're new to the show. We've done this a couple of times. I know we did this with the Eagles game with the Detroit loss uh, a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're going to play the blame game. So you have to push the entire season, disappointing season, horrible season, on either one group or one person. On the team? somebody on the phillies. Okay, well, I feel like we've been kind of we we've kind of caught a little the, bit but the yeah. the
1: nail in uh, Gabe's coffin, but yeah. uh, I would I would honestly say Hoskins. That mm, was one of the oh, worst wow. slumps I've ever yeah. seen in all of baseball. And like coming from as a Philly fan, just being disappointed cuz seeing what he did last year, a historic start to mm-hmm. his
2: major league career. Right, was that a start? I think yeah. it was a start. I it was, um, it was close. <laughs> he like he kind of like showed up like late in like a really disappointing season. Kind mm. of just hit home and runs. And he that was, was pretty much he it. was like
1: a glimpse of hope for us. Yeah, right. and now we have Hoskins bat in third, Harper bat in fourth. Mm-hmm. Oh wait, no, other way around, other vice right. yeah, versa. Yeah, yeah. My bad. Um, Harper bat in third, Hoskins bat in fourth, and we're all thinking we've two of the best hitters in baseball yeah. in the lineup, and then Hoskins goes on, what, like a
2: two-month slump? Mm-hmm. That, like, was, what is that, that was that? bad. That was, like, really there bad. was, it there, was like, very bad. Yeah. And <laughs> before this regular season started, Reese Hoskins was – a dark horse candidate to win MVP mm-hmm. because he was going to mm-hmm. see so many good pitches because Harper was supposed to be on base so often. That's uh, yeah. true. And, you know, like Harper really picked it up towards the end of the season. Yeah, he did. So his his numbers are going to look a lot better. But, like, Hoskins just absolutely killed everything. And I feel like if he would have just been even at 50% of his potential, this team might have gone to the playoffs. So um, I wouldn't say my blames entirely on him. But for my candidate for the blame game, I'm – going to go with uh Gabe Kapler okay you bring in the guy analytics everyone's kind of just confused it's like you're trying to teach someone something that they haven't been taught their whole lives it's like teaching a foreign language you're trying to teach them to you know angle the bat a little bit more so you can get more of -hmm. an angle on it so it travels farther and it's just kind of it's mind-boggling yeah it makes them think it's just not good it's not healthy and it's like I said, I think if you're going to use it, it has to be used for defense. And at that point, it's That's like, true. Mm-hmm. at that point, it's not even like it's terrible, and you really can't blame them for anything. Because if one person gets one hit, yeah, you can blame the shift. But like, if it's helping you get three other runs that game, it's helping you get three other runs. So it has its benefits. But I just feel like he was just he supported too many people. Yeah, uh, he he was he wasn't a he was too nice. Yeah, he wasn't cracked down like.
0: Like if you did something wrong, he'll be like, "Okay, don't don't do it again." Right. But he's like that person that always says that. Like, there's there no, was no repercussion. Discipline. Yeah. And, and even and
2: last year with the whole Fortnite thing with oh, Carlos Santana gosh. and the all The fact them. that
0: they could do that.
2: Right. They, they just they're didn't They're getting care. paid
0: that much money. They didn't. Care. I mean, for those listeners who who didn't hear about that or are just starting up with the Phillies, uh, they played Fortnite in the clubhouse while a game was going on. Mm-hmm. While a game was going on.
2: Uh, and Gabe Kapler did next to nothing about it. The guy that did the most was Carlos Santana, who's now back on the Indians, doing better things than he was yeah. on the Phillies. Mm-hmm. But basically, Sigur, or not so um Santana had you know smashed the TV mm-hmm. while they were playing it, and that's that, that. If that's that's the best way to put what that clubhouse was like. Yeah, if you have a bunch of younger kids. Playing video playing games, Fortnite. exactly. <laughs> I mean, that that was, oh my gosh! Like you're in the major leagues and you're playing video games still. Like that's cool, but like, yeah, come on. Yeah. There's a time and a place,
1: and that is mm-hmm. not. The you have to win games. And exactly. that's yeah,
0: not the place to do it. Um. So for the blame game, for me, I mean, honestly, if I had to choose a small group or a person, it would be the pitching and that whole that whole group. But I don't know the inconsistency. Because there were like, okay, Reese Hoskins had a slump a couple months, but then he he got a little better. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bryce Harper started terribly. Yeah. And then he got better (laughs) throughout the season. And then, but like, guys like Gene Segura and Andrew McCutcheon, Andrew McCutcheon was hurt, right? So he had a great start to the season, but then he wasn't there for the second half. Gene Segura started off really strong and then it kind of dwindled out a little bit. It's just like, they never got the timing right. It was like so frustrating to watch because you see one part of the team do so well, and then the other part's lacking, and that's what that's what ended up killing you.
2: I, I I get what you're trying to say, but this is 162 games that you want them to be consistent for. You're gonna have your ups and your downs through the season, but the whole point is, you know, you being strong enough mentally to be able to carry through that, and you know, kind of condition yourself for it. So. Yeah, I and and I I I kind of get
0: get you on that, Ron, but for me, you just got to be a little more consistent. And I mean, as I said before, you can see it in the actual record, their highs and lows, they they finished out even yeah. cuz they bounced out. But you you have to be more consistent than that and you have to have less um less or a lot shorter of a dry spell, or like really tough times. Like Keep you, it to a minimum. Yeah, exactly. Like I understand people are gonna have that minimum, and like that's that's fine and all. Like like I get it. Um, but you know, it, it's honestly, it's it's way 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 too long. So yeah, I mean that that for me personally is um, kind of my blame for them. So what we were talking about kind of the weak spots now um what can they do to improve them in either free agency making a trade is there any particular spot i know we were just kind of talking about it um but what what do you guys
2: think most underrated piece that we need for this team is an actually good training staff because all of Philadelphia sports have been plagued by injuries <laughs>
0: Oh, my gosh. You
2: need to have at least one team that you know, has a decent training staff that doesn't make it more prone for these players to get injured. Because if you lose a guy like Andrew McCutcheon, who's been a cornerstone for you know, the Pirates and even for yeah, the, his true. short time with the Phillies, mm-hmm. he's going to have two more years here, but you know, he's only had a certain amount of games. He's got to get himself back into that kind of mix, get accumulated back. But you, you can't be losing out this many people to the bullpen. You know, this this game would have been not this game, but like this whole season would have been different. With so many of these games, you know, one run, so on and so forth, yeah. where they were close for a lot of those games. The the bullpen, like where it's, they were responsible for a ton of mm-hmm. losses this year. Yeah. So I mean, if we had guys that we actually wanted to be pitching, yep. You know, the whole season could have been different. So
0: Ron, you got pitching. as – I have and, and the, training the, the, the training staff training as a staff. whole. They okay. should just. They need to fix All right, that. so you got training staff Ty. What I you was thinking? gonna
2: say
1: pitchers. I think yeah. in the off season, they really need to crack down on some key pitchers. Mm-hmm. People not on par with Aaron Noah. Yeah. I mean that's probably gonna be hard right, to come right, by. But yeah. you need at least two people that are gonna show up, two or three more people that are gonna show up on a daily basis. You know they're gonna get the work in there, they're gonna yeah. get they're gonna get it done. Mm-hmm. And you need a bunch of relievers in order to come in. Yeah. And just not lose the lead it's not, I can't believe yeah. how many games we were up I think there was one game it may have been early August or something we were up like 12-6 going into like the 8th inning Yeah, that was the Marlins and game I think really. Okay, there and was a Marlins just, game where we had a huge lead and we just kind of just just blew it yep. and there were so many games like that this year where we're going into these later innings up a, ahead a couple of runs and relievers come in and they blow it you mm-hmm. need pitching in order to have to produce would like, you good spend
2: results. A, would you spend big money to, you know, the best pitching free agent, or would you rather go with the money ball route and kind of get guys that fit what you want as far as the scheme goes and pay them a lot less? What I would do is I'd
1: be okay spending big money on a couple pic- pictures, pitchers. Sorry. Um, and what I mean by that is have, like, I don't mean spend like big money on one person, right? Like a Garrett Cole. Yeah, like just use the money that you have in order to gain a couple good, mm-hmm. decent pitchers. I don't. Okay. So you don't, don't want to shell out hard. all your money. on no, one No, I don't pitcher, want to do like a Bryce Harper thingy. Yeah, like yeah, I'm not, right, not right, equivalent right. to that. I don't think anything mm-hmm. is going to get something on more like yeah. an Arrieta kind of deal. Yeah, where it's, yeah, it's, get it's not like it's not cheap, but it'll right. it it'll work. Even though Arietta didn't. Yeah, from
0: for me, I I kind of agree with you in a way. I think. Um, especially experiencing all those injuries, I think you kind of shell out a lot of money, but you spread it out, like you sh- you share the wealth with at least like four four guys, four steady pitchers. They don't have to be anything amazing, because for me personally, I I believe in that offense. I believe they're gonna whip it together, bring it together for next season. I think they're gonna be really good. So I think as long as you have a lot of steady semi-good pitchers they don't have to be great nothing special as long as they can keep the the opponent to a certain amount of runs like I, I really think that I I can put enough trust in that offense to where I'm like you know what we don't need spectacular pitchers we have a, bu- a bunch of you know big hitters on the offense for me it's just kind of like need at least four steady pitchers so that we have backups because I mean for you Tyler if you know, one or two of those guys go down with injuries, then you're stuck with one, and then yeah. and then you're right back where you were the season before. Right. So right. for me, I'm personally definitely not going. I'm not showing out on a couple big guys. I'm I'm keeping.
2: I'm, I'm laying the foundation. You're not going to do like a get your Cliff Lee, get your yeah. Roy Oswell. You're <clears throat> going to get guys that just kind of as great as that
0: would be, be. I don't think we they retool. Know that. that would work. Okay, yeah. guys, I retool. Yeah, so. What what can we take away from the season as positive takeaways? I know we are we've been talking a lot about the negative takeaways. What, what can we what can we kind of take away uh, from the season so far that are po- that's positive? All right, I got three things. All right, Bryce
1: Harper towards the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> uh, J T Realmuto. Yes. Yep. I actually got four. Oh, Scott okay. Kingery, Jay Bruce.
0: Okay.
2: Ooh. Okay. mm
1: Hmm. When Jay first came,
0: Jay was he was a spark. He was on fire.
1: We were thinking he's like <laughs> he's, he's our savior. That's what I was thinking when he came. I was like, oh, our savior arrived. I know he kind of dwindled away a little a bit little, towards yeah, the end. Just disappeared. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of true. Yeah, I mean, but like while he, if if we can get him back at least somewhat of where he was, right, he could be. I honestly could see him as kind of an
2: everyday. Player, at yeah. least, maybe even a DH. I think, hitter. like, if you want to have him on a playoff roster, just to compare it to like another Phillies guy, he would be like perfect to compare it to like someone like Matt Stairs, who comes in, that's, yep. pinch hitter. I will never <laughs> you, forget his home know, run against the Dodgers. Yep. I'll he never just, forget that. Just get the home run, get the run. So he's a,
1: he's a clutch guy. You yeah. need him in a Rich. clutch situation, mm-hmm. and I think that's another thing with Bryce Harper. Towards the end of the year, yep. we hired him to be a superstar. What was what does the superstar do? They deliver in clutch situations, and Harper started doing that. The Grand Slam against, who was it? That's true. Walk-off Grand Slam against, I don't even know who.
0: Do you want to hear a funny story? I do. I I was at that game. You were? Mm Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I went with my girlfriend and her uncle and her brother, and (laughs) uh, yep, we we were there, and they were losing by, what, what was it, like five or six going into the seventh or the eighth inning, and guess what we did? Harper
1: with the walk-off baby
0: (laughs) yep I was not there to see that oh we left early every every I I couldn't say anything I was like you know what this is not (laughs) my game well you know what I'll I'll listen and my dad texted me in the car he's like are you still at the game and I was like no why and he's like just turn on the radio and all I heard was Bryce Harper is up bases are loaded a grand slam can win the game and I was like oh no, are you kidding me? Oh, my gosh. But, I mean, it, it's whatever. I mean, the, the game is still really fun. But, li- like you said, clutch moments like that is mm-hmm. just what superstars are supposed to do.
1: I went to three or four Phillies games this year. And every game I went to, Harper hit a home run. Yep. So, I'm, I'm thinking next year I'm going to buy season tickets. Yes, Ty, please. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we'll see where it goes from there. I have a video. Actually I actually have a video of Harper's second home run. It was. Oh wow. It was the second. Their opening day was on Saturday. Yep. We went on a Sunday night. It was, like, 50 degrees. It was freezing. Ooh, and Harper hit one. I got a video of it. Pretty so, sick. So uh,
0: <laughs> talking about next season, we'll do very super, super early, very broad predictions. Maybe not an exact win or loss count, but kind of like, what do you think they're going to do and who's going to step up? One person to step up, and um, what do you think they're going to do?
2: I mean, I hope they can at least get to the wild card. Yeah. They're going to be keeping the same team pretty much. You know, mm-hmm. they're going to happen. Mm-hmm nothing's going to change they're only going to get better when they get these guys that were injured back you just got to hope that the new manager that comes in here realizes how much talent this team has because you have teams like the nationals and the braves who are advancing in the playoffs and performing well you look you look at the nationals they lose harper and they're playing better than they are yeah that's true seriously so i i think you know i wouldn't set the bar too high just because it's going to be the same team, and you know they can only go up from here, so you want to at least see them in the wild card. Take the easy one first. You can always, you know, set the goal high, but that's what we did this year. Didn't work, and then you're just more disappointed.
1: Uh, a couple people that I'd like to step up. Once I, we talked about him earlier, Reese. Mm-hmm. If he could kind of play the way he finished the year, I think that would work. Harper needs to fin- play the way he finished the year. Pretty much as long as we get pitching, we're getting the people that were injured back. Mm-hmm. As long as we get some pitching, I don't see why we can't be a good team next yeah.
0: year. Yeah, for me, uh, I think it's going to be Aaron Nola that needs to step up in in that whole pitching area. Like He's got to lead that team. He's got to be more consistent. And as a young player, I think he's got to grow up to be a leader. We look at a lot of leaders – you know, back when we won the championship in two thousand eight, the World Series. Um, you know, Cliff Lee, like all those, like all those guys, they were leaders, and they they could rally guys. They were vocal. With yeah, the, with Aaron Nola, he's saying maybe five words the whole game. Yeah. like like he, he's he's got <laughs> to be silent yeah. killer. He's got to be more vocal. He's got to lead that that bullpen, um, and I think with that they'll they'll be sitting pretty. So, um, yeah. So I wanted to get a live reaction. I've been emailing um, our, a, uh, a very special guest that's going to be coming on pretty soon. Um, so this guest is a writer and co-author of the great Philadelphia sports debate. He's a member of the Broadcast Pioneers Hall of Fame. He was nominated for the Pulitzer Prize for Beat Reporting. He's the highest-rated ra- radio host in Philadelphia and he is a sports radio personality for 94 WIP. If you don't know who it is already, Angelo Cataldi is no going to be... No way. Yep. Sick. He's going to be a special guest, going to be calling in in a couple weeks, probably going to be talking about Sixers, Eagles. So, yeah, that's that's going to be coming up pretty soon. That's going to be fun, yeah. talking
2: about the Sixers with yeah, him. gonna can't mm, wait that's for that. That's going to be awesome. Yeah, Good.
0: I know. Oh, my gosh. So, um i think what we might do is um you know for all the listeners we're trying to put together an email but for now um you can kind of just come up to us and and talk to us but if you have any questions for angelo just let us know we can do a little part where we ask him some of the questions if you guys want that um but uh So, yeah, uh, just wanted to announce that. I know we've been teasing a a little bit if you've been listening to PSPN and all the football games. Um, But, yeah, that's going to wrap up Episode 3 of Panthers Talk Philly. Ty, thank you for coming. Thanks for having me. Great special (laughs) guest. (laughs) Thanks for having me, guys. Um, If you happen to love a certain sport or Philly's team, make sure to let one of us know, and we'll make sure to bring you on as a special guest. Uh, we'd just like to thank everybody for listening. This is our first recording in the studio. So we got all the microphones. We can actually see each other now. So Ty is the first special guest that I'm that's honored going to be a part of that. Absolutely honors. Yes. Um, <laughs> so thank you guys for listening. I'm Colin Fuges along with Roman Medina, Ron Baker, and Tyler Petrie. And this is Panthers Talk Philly.